0: I enjoyed our first interview and it's yeah. been a, a while and we should have done this sooner. But yeah. uh, we're going we're to complete the second part now of your interview. Let's start, shall we, with free speech. I mean, this is an interesting one at the moment where I feel um, having the ability to have free speech seems harder by the day. So yeah. maybe you would like to tell me a little bit about what you've written about here.
1: Well, you've got the woke mentality, as it's called the progressives as I call them in the book um who are mostly young people who think that they are being anti-establishment and challenging the establishment when they are basically the foot soldiers for the elite and the agenda that I talked about in, in the first part um whereas the old left in politics would have been standing up for freedom of speech and challenging what were then millionaires now billionaires um the woke mentality are in bed with the billionaires. Um, as long as they speak the language of woke, yes. so they will they will support the censorship of free speech be, as long as it or especially if it suits their narrative. Yeah. So anyone who speaks against a woke narrative, the billionaires censor. So have media. the
0: same freedom of speech, right?
1: Yeah, on the social media platforms.
0: Especially,
1: um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the old left went on marches for freedom of speech now they're demanding the silicon valley billionaires the social media giants, censor free speech because yeah. they're only interested in their narrative and uh we're I've seeing noticed,
0: a, i've noticed that a lot of late on the internet about the fact that um you know it's it, i think it's quite healthy to have the other side of any opinion yeah you know? no know, I, I i personally find it very um I don't like I don't like other people to decide what I can and cannot read and what I can and cannot think as if I don't have the ability to make that decision myself. But I've noticed that considerably of late, uh, especially on Facebook, um, that a lot of different subjects are really being silenced.
1: Yes. And you see, I mentioned this in the first part that for me, that's what these social media platforms were created for. Mm. they were created for surveillance they were created for profiling data tracking but they were also created to get people in one place on these social media platforms where they would get information from and censor information on the mainstream internet draw people into those platforms and then start censoring them yeah
0: yeah I've Um, I've noticed that because you know Facebook was a place where we, it was a social, it was, you know, as it, as, as it's meant yeah. to be, a social media, it was a social platform, um, you know, but you did have the freedom to be able to say whatever you wanted. Whereas yeah. now you get the I'm, of, I'm, I'm offended brigade or the yeah. I'm going to silence a certain narr- narrative um, yeah. situation as well.
1: But it shows where the real power is because the narrative, the official narrative, which the social media giants, Represent because they were created by that which is behind what's being exposed. Yes. Is um, so tenuous that the only way that it can survive is through censorship. Yeah. With open debate, these, um, especially the woke subjects, they would get taken apart um, by what they, in terms of what they believe based on the facts. So alternative information has to be censored to protect the narrative. To protect the agenda.
0: I wish more people would work that one out, though, don't you, Dan? Because uh, you know, I think is you know, it's this psychology, isn't it? But you know, yeah. basically, if you control every area of narrative, be it the internet or the newspapers or the TV shows, you know, if you have control over that, I think if that's the only thing you're hearing on a regular basis you know a lot of people swayed by that aren't they because they might be saying well you know i'm sure i think a different way but if everybody else around me is all thinking this way this must be the right way yeah yeah Uh,
1: Um, and and
0: more than today at the moment do i feel and notice that
1: exactly yeah um one of the greatest ways of manipulating people is To get every area of society speaking a certain narrative because people think well there must be something to it then
0: yeah i mean i i had this conversation with a friend the other day i said imagine you you know we're gonna go and you you arrived on a desert or not like an island where there was just a community there and you went on and arrived on the island and you truly believed that two and two equaled four and as you arrived on this island and everyone kept saying no it's five no two and two definitely equal five and for every single person on that island they kept saying it was five how long would it take before you actually started saying two and two equal five because if every single person there yeah. is constantly telling you that two and two equals five there comes yeah. a point when you start doubting your own sanity don't you you start doubting yeah. well maybe they are right because that's the majority there that maybe maybe they are right in what they're telling me because um because I've got nobody else to sort of cement my my thoughts yeah. and this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, basically, at the moment with, you know, we've got this pandemic and anybody who dares question anything and saying, well, are you sure the figures are right? Are you sure the tests work? Are you sure? You know, I mean, this is genuine questions. I mean, they yeah. might be wrong in that questioning, but they should have the right to be able to ask those questions. But when every form of questioning gets silenced and every, you know, and it's sort of slated down as conspiracy or something, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And you only got this two plus two equals five All the time, people are doubting. People are doubting. We're thinking, well, they think, well, that doesn't seem right. But if everybody else around here believes it, then it must be right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, you know, the the phrase conspiracies and conspiracy theory, as I I show an an image of the document in the book, um, came from the CIA in the 1960s when they, they sent a document to major media organizations telling them to use the phrase conspiracy and conspiracy theory to discredit people questioning the, um, yes. I think it was kind of the assassination.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and um, that's stuck ever since. And of course, most people who use it will not have a clue where that phrase came from, including those in uh-huh. the media.
0: Yeah. But I mean, it really is. I mean, the phrase someone used once before, So it's it's a case of like almost mudging the water by saying things that like, oh, was a conspiracy theory, because basically you just add an element of confusion um, and doubt in people's mind about any narrative yeah. you know and then you get themselves in such a sort of muddle that um i don't know you know like i say you know you can start believing two and two equals five quite easily sometimes you know yeah if everybody's saying it
1: yeah and uh, that goes um into another aspect of work which is knocking down statues yeah you're seeing um you know if you want to bring in a certain not just a certain narrative but a certain culture and as yeah. I talk about in the book, the idea is to bring in a monoculture worldwide. They want a worldwide everything. They want a world government, a world bank, a world, um, yeah. a world everything you can think of. Then you've got to erase history that doesn't suit your narrative. And that's yes. what we're seeing with, with these knocking down statues and um, university courses being um, uh, or edited or cancelled. It's all part of bringing about this cultural transformation and it's like Orwell said he who controls the past controls the future he who controls the present controls the past and Uh, another quote those who refuse to learn from history are condemned to repeat it yes And, and what you don't want is examples of your desired system not working in the past you want to you don't want young people to be aware of that and so if you can remove that yeah uh, from from history then young people don't have a compass from which to judge
0: No what
1: they're trying to go for it. Yeah
0: of- you know because of course I would have thought those with a rational mind and I maybe I'm I'm wrong but I would have thought those with a rational mind you know we need history we need the statues we need uh reminders of how things were even whose things that was um atrocious to a degree because we should learn from that this is what not what we do in future you know Yeah uh, and if you ha- if you've erased it you know you can't learn those lessons because you you know you don't see what it signifies or you know um yeah. the story that goes with the statue
1: yeah you know i've, I've seen articles in i saw uh, an item i think on the news recently about this in fact um but i've seen articles in newspapers in the past asking the question what does it mean to be british anymore what, mm. what is what, what does being british or english mean and uh, one um, one of the ways the erosion of cultures is happening is uh, migration, which I talk about in the book. Now, I can understand people fleeing countries because of the way the West, Britain and America have saw fit to invade those countries and destroy those countries. I can understand why people with families would want to do that. But you have to see the bigger picture. One of the reasons those invasions happened was to create that mass exodus from countries. It's all part of the agenda. That's one of the reasons they invaded in the first place. and a lot a lot of the um a lot of the um migrants are single men not families yeah there's a lot of migrants who jump on the bandwagon and just want to go into a country because of the opportunities they'll get and what they'll be given and the more you can infuse a country with people from a different culture the more you are diluting the indigenous culture yeah
0: well we can see that can't we because um you know a lot of like you said you would traditionally say are British many now are being sort of phased out as uh, no longer I don't know appropriate
1: yeah yeah I'm well certainly the the white race is targeted and the white race gets no support um through political correctness. you say what you like about the white race you can say what you like about Christianity and I'm not religious but it, it one of the um things that is desired is to get rid of religion as well they want a one world religion a one world belief so you have to get rid of other religions except versions of religion that suit you which i that makes more sense in the book but but, um political correctness is a pyramid and white people are at the bottom especially white Mm -hmm. single men white men are at the bottom of the pyramid Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. what you like about men
0: yeah
1: and um women are higher but then they've been taken over by transgender yeah feminist and transgender um fighting and at the top is zionism anything to do with israel you get them a ton of bricks on you if you talk about them and as anyone who reads the book will see they'll see just how much i care about that but um it is a, a pyramid but it's a pyramid based on the agenda yes the hierarchy of the pyramid is directly related to the agenda itself what suits the agenda and all political correctness is is manipulating the population to silence itself so the or to be silent so the agenda has no resistance Mm -hmm. and it were at a time now when people need to speak their mind more than ever because if they don't then they're going to regret it forever
0: i agree with that i certainly agree with that um i i found recently that um with this pandemic and being locked in, the amount of people that are saying, "Oh, you know, I don't agree with the way they've dealt with this or the way we've dealt with that," but they've become very complicit in just accepting, acquiescing yeah. whatever they've been told. Um, yeah. And I, I'm surprised at the lack of kickback, to be honest.
1: Well, that's another point.
0: Know, but that's you know what you're saying. If people have got to speak out if they if they've got an opinion. But every of every angle for anybody to actually. Speak up has been taken from them. The right to protest, the right to speak out. They they can't speak out online. That's silent. They can't go and protest. That's been stopped. You know, where is their avenue now to actually voice an opinion?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's always alternative platforms on the internet popping up, and yeah. Um, I, I've done it with pay per view. You know, there are ways to do it. There are ways to get another voice out uh, opinion yeah. out there and be heard.
0: And there, there are a lot of social media sites. Um, you know, popping up that say that they're not controlled, which is good, which is good. Yeah. Let's hope that is yeah. the case. It's healthy. I, you know, I think if you can speak with calmness and without anger and without getting into an argument, I really think it's healthy to be able to talk about controversial subjects. And, you know, even if yeah. you don't agree with the person on the other side who's, who's saying their opinion, even if you can agree to disagree, I still think it's really healthy that you listen to other people's opinions of, you know, how they feel and why they feel that way and i think a lot of people bypass so many subjects now for fear of offending someone
1: yeah
0: you know it's not the done thing to talk about that we can't talk about jew jewish people or we can't talk about um i don't know racism or we i don't know you know there's just so many different subjects now we can't talk about yeah whereas surely it's okay to ask questions and say you know, I, I've got concerns about this. You know, try and ease some concerns. Let's talk together and meet in the middle. Let's try and work out, you know, why I'm feeling like that. And, you know, but you can't. Yeah. I think people are frightened to speak Speak up to, you know. I mean, I, I, I had a friend, and um, I have a friend who's from Nigeria, I think he's from. Um, it was about all the Black Lives Matter protests. And oh, yeah. I was confused about a lot of it. I was very confused because I couldn't understand sometimes what it was all about. As in, I mean, I see other examples. I think, well, they haven't kicked off of that. Why are they all kicking off now? I don't understand why now and what's going on, yeah. you know. And I asked him if I could sit and talk, and you know, we sort of sat and talked about it. And I said, you know, I'm confused by this. Try and explain it to me. And we did kind of meet in the middle because I, you know, I give him his due. He, he, you know, he tried to explain, you know, some how yeah. how how some people felt. I'm yeah. glad he did but it was a very cautious and I felt like I was walking on glass because I didn't want to offend him. You yeah. know? But we yeah. shouldn't feel like that, you know. If you genuinely want to understand someone's problem, we need to talk it through and we need to have debate and you, and you can't just silence something. You need to have debate on it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned uh, we can't talk about Jewish people. Isn't it interesting? You know, Jewish people are being affected in Israel now, yeah. because of COVID pandemic um, government in position, just the same as anyone in any other country where yeah. policies are in place, because it's not about the government caring about Jewish people. It's about the government using Jewish, or that which controls the government of Israel. Um yeah using Jewish people is their folder. And isn't it interesting that the social media platforms, given the fascism that is unfolding, as uh, which is disguised as protecting people from the virus globally, it's Jewish people who run these social media platforms, which are censoring alternative information, pointing yeah. out fascism and pointing out what's really going on. And Jewish people, which Jewish people are as affected by as anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And, Anyone who reads my book, as I said, will see how much I care about what we can't talk about. Yeah,
0: you know, and I'm I'm concerned where we're going.
1: Just another point on that, while I think of it, um, you talk about the censorship and um, speaking up, you know, the censorship is only going to be challenged by people providing another viewpoint. If people say then there's no challenge to the narrative,
0: Mm.
1: and so the narrative wins and the agenda moves on, you know. That's why it's mm. so important, as well as the censorship. If nobody speaks, then, well, there's no other alternative perspective.
0: Mm. And they get what they want, don't they? They yeah. use society yeah. in the direction, they, they, they're steering it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And it doesn't look like we have, you know, I, I constantly feel as if everyone tells me I live in a free country and I wonder how they how how am I living in a free country? How? Yeah. I mean, I know it could be considerably worse and more oppressive in many other countries. I get that. But from what we're used to, you know, we are living in a very... We're suppressed at the moment, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Very, and, uh,
0: very controlled. We can't do this. We can't do that. You know, or so they tell us.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to solutions at the end.
0: Yeah. Well, you've written down here, Rebecca Long-Bailey tweet. Tell me about that. What did you want to tell us about with that?
1: Yeah. Well, at the time that I wrote that, it was very topical. Um. But um, I'll, I'll talk I'll talk a bit about that. Um, basically, she tweeted... It's actually connected to Black Lives Matter... Um, she tweeted that um, police in America learn the kneeling, te- the kneeling on the head um, yes. that uh, was done to George Floyd um, from Israel, which is a fact. All right. and, um, she she just tweeted that out, which is a completely provable fact. And she was sacked from the Labour Party, not because or suspended, not because. And this is what Keir Starmer said. He said, "I didn't sack her because she was anti-Semitic. I sacked her because she shared the art school, uh-huh. which is a provable fact." Yeah,
0: so so it would demonstrate to me that the MPs are very much uh,
1: controlled from this uh, way.
0: Controlled under the yeah. thumb as well. I find it interesting, just for your for your information, that I um have a friend, an older chap who was in who was who was fanatical almost about being in the local man, fanatical about being in the Labour Party. Um. When it was, forgive me, uh, Jeremy Corbyn was doing, and he was so desperate he wanted. Jeremy Corbyn, and I'm not, I'm not political at all, really, but just to relate the story, and of course they were all very disappointed when Jeremy Corbyn didn't get in, and the Conservatives got in, but and then Keir Starmer arrived. And um, what he, fa- what I found interesting is what he told me is he said um, with Jeremy Corbyn and, and the fact that he was sort of suspended, was he, because of uh, Jewish remarks and comments uh,
1: well yeah um, that, that was the that, was, that the was claim anyway yeah yeah the, the, the uh, labor well, part the labor party was targeted it was a coup on the labor party yeah yeah
0: yeah. but it was it came down to the local offices that was you know my local area that this this guy that would you know that supported jeremy Corbyn and everything else he was told at a local level that he was not allowed to talk about Jeremy Corbyn. He was not allowed to defend Jeremy Corbyn. And it, and it was a, it was a, a non-discussable um, situation. And so these were all the people that were, you know, staunch Labour supporters, couldn't question, what well, have you done with Jeremy? What well, have you done with Jeremy? Where's Jeremy? You know, what's going on with Jeremy? Nobody could ask those questions. They were all silenced yeah. and told that that was off the agenda. That was off the agenda. I mean, this is the guy that they've been supporting. You've given up all their time for they want to ask the questions of why, why have we not treated and Why are we are not supporting him? Well, what's, what's happened? And it was totally off the agenda because it was, you know, as you say, censored uh, the, the, the topic was censored and it, nobody could have a, a, a conversation yeah. on it. So that's down at local level, just down the road in my street, you know, that they were, yeah. they were censored like that. It was not the done thing to have a discussion on, on, on what was going on with Jeremy.
1: Why is everybody so frightened of tiny little Israel? That's the question. And that's, Answer it in in book. yeah i answer that in the book
0: yeah well it sounds to me that bearing in mind in the first um interview we had we talked about the yeah. uh, we talked about who was at the center of the um sort of the spider's web or at the top yeah. of the triangle whichever way you want to look at it yeah. and it did look very much like the elite in israel were pretty close to the top weren't they so yeah uh, they were certainly have a very strong controlling hand one would suggest and there's the evidence to prove that that yeah. they do seem to have a, a controlling hand over many things and it looks very much like the Labour Party are a part of that
1: yeah um I did um yeah I yeah I talked about that in the first part so if anyone wants to go back and listen to that then cool. hear that
0: so, um, did you want to talk any more about the Labour Party because we've got Labour Party on the list and I've, I've given you my my little bit on it you know um yeah about at a local level but is there and they had a good panorama program i don't know if anyone saw it about the labor party and what they and they considered infiltration and it was it was quite interesting sort of lobbying young university students they were getting paid a lot of money to sort of infiltrate the party um they had hidden cameras uh in there and it just surprised me because i mean you know at the time i was thinking you know, I don't maybe I should pay more attention to politics. And although I've always thought it's been a bit, you know, um, a few futile to sort of get involved in it, because I often mm. think, you know, it's two mass same owners, in in my opinion. Um, it did surprise me at the lengths these people went to sort of infiltrate political parties.
1: Yes. The Zionist lobby. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good documentary. It's, uh, I forget the name. I think it was um, well, Panorama, maybe. I saw a dispatches. Yeah,
0: if you put Panorama, Labour Party yeah. or something, it'll come up. It was, it's, you know, it's quite an easy search, I'm sure, because I yeah. found it quite easily. I,
1: um, I have seen but it. But it did
0: surprise me, because they had yeah. all these hidden cameras and it wasn't just one one group. There were several groups. It was Friends of Israel and the Zionist Party, I mean, And they were literally being funded by Israel. These young people probably thought, oh, this is an easy way to make a living, you know. And they just literally infiltrated um, Labour Party, um, what's the meetings, what they call it, I forgot the name, you know, when they go to and they have all their yearly meetings and everything else. And um, it surprised me. But like I said, they had hidden cameras um, exposing these people.
1: Yes. Well, one of the um, organizations this is done through, which is connected to every major political party in Britain, is called the Friends of Israel. So there's a Labour Friends of Israel, a Conservative Friends of Israel, a Liberal Democrat Friends of Israel, and they're Zionist um, organizations and they answer to Israel. Yeah. Um, no other country does that.
0: No, no. And why should so, they? I mean, I just no. question it. Why, why are they involved in our politics? you know you, people need to be asking these questions you know yeah. are we involved in their politics i mean do we have a friends friends of england <laughs> friend yeah.
1: friend
0: over no. no. it does and it does leave
1: you- yeah you're right it is um it's the elephant in the living room when you look at it it's so obvious it's it's
0: if, the elephant's in the living room but you're not allowed to talk about it at all yeah. are you because as soon as you do you get accused of god knows what
1: and decemberism um, yeah. yeah
0: absolutely so on our list of things to talk about we have covered some of this the fake left in politics funded by george soros and we've mentioned migration is there anything else you want to add to those before we move on to the next subject
1: yeah uh, just the point on george soros you know um another um elite zionist i explain what i mean by that term in part one nothing yeah. to do with jewish people but it, it's uh relates to israel more than anything else george soros elite zionist but isn't it interesting how the fake left who claim to be heart on the sleeve and um, care about social justice are funded to an enormous amount by someone like George Soros who has said publicly, I cannot and do not look at the social consequences of what I do. I'm only there to make money.
0: Yeah.
1: Why would someone like that be funding people who say they care about social justice?
0: Exactly. Well, it just
1: makes you wonder, doesn't it? He's, uh, He's a cult front man, just like Bill Gates.
0: Well, I was just going to mention him because I was going to say, everyone keeps saying to me, oh, he's a philanthropist, Bill Gates. He's a philanthropist. And, uh, you know, he does everything for the good of humanity. But then I question, if he's doing things for the good of humanity, he's making a huge profit out of that. And this is a man that talks about eugenics and um, population control through vaccines. And then we've got to just trust that, you know, he's doing it for the good of the greater good, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's it's interesting that the people who the people who have said previously there's too many people on the planet and now with the same people who are offering an experimental never before used type of vaccine
0: uh but it but again um you know i i have grave concerns about that because you know if somebody has to, and i've seen the videos of him talking about you know eugenics and population control i've seen them that's not made up i'm yes. sure that makes four. But the amount of people around me that have made five and said, no, no, he's fine. Let's trust it. Get on with it. That you just think, "What? how are you taking these vaccines? I mean, knowing what I know and seeing those videos and seeing that there's a huge profit to be made, I cannot link philanthropy with the actions I'm seeing. um, You know, and I cannot link saving the human race with somebody who has been talking about eugenics and population control. So I still think two and two make four but the mass population are going no it's fine you vaccinate it's fine yeah (laughs) you know and i'm confused by that i'm very confused because i just think you know i personally don't feel the trust for for someone who's spoken in that nature
1: yeah the um the way it works yeah the way it works you can get very rich and successful like people like bill gates and saris and the silicon valley billionaires but the deal is that you spend an enormous chunk of the money on their agenda
0: yeah
1: and that's what Cyrus does that's what bill gates bill gates is funding virtually every pillar of, of the agenda
0: yeah every yeah, yeah. pillar
1: every, as people go through that. as people go through the book they'll see the agenda and then just look at how many areas of that bill gates is funding
0: No, you see this is interesting because um he is another one that as soon as you mention bill gates at all to a lot of people they like, oh conspiracy you can't talk about that last conspiracy yeah but it, it is very easy to source the following now you know he does fund a considerable sum of you know of donations towards the world health organization he has put money in the vaccine to the bill and melinda gates foundation he yeah. has money in um he has put money into circo that did the track and trace he has put money and in donations into the eight money um, with Ferguson, who was in the university, who did all the predictions. Uh, and, and, and you can go on and on and on. And, and, oh, the BBC. I mean, and I'm I'm not high up in, you know, in any way well-read as you are, Dan. But if I can find this information of Bill Gates having money in virtually every corner of this pandemic, yeah. I mean, my brain just says that ain't right. If At the very best, if I could see the best in him and want to try and find good in the man, I would, try and him, I would say at best it's not morally ethical and is a conflict of interest. I would definitely, right. yeah. you know, if you're going as rational as rational can be without any, you know, trying, trying to seek absolute good in the man, you know, it's totally unethical to have that much money in every corner that you have total control of the narrative at every point. I mean, even the independent checker for the vaccine has had huge sums of money. I mean, that means it's not independently checked, does it? That has that, no. a conflict of interest. You know, yeah. and you, you, you know, try and say that to somebody, oh, you know, you're just a conspiracist. No, I'm not a conspiracist, this is fact. And yeah. I keep wanting to shout the number four out and they're going five, five.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, yeah. Yeah, as ever, Sue, I mean, as I want to know from my years of experience, it's more often than not, I mean, you know, 99 times out of 100, it will be people who have done no research who say, five.
0: Yeah.
1: The reason they're saying, yeah. oh, that's conspiracy, oh, that's rubbish, is because they've done no research. They've done,
0: yeah. And they yeah.
1: discuss what they told.
0: Well, um, I, I tell you what, now let me think what was the phrase, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant uh, the other day. I saw a meme, I think it was a, they call it a meme, don't they? And it was a cinema, and there was two films showing and everybody was queuing up for The Reassuring Lie, the film called The Reassuring Lie. Yes. yes. There was nobody queuing up for The um, Inconvenient Truth.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: Yeah. I thought <laughs> that was absolutely spot on because people don't want to hear an inconvenient truth because it's too difficult to hear. They, yeah. they, would, rather, they, they would rather hold up a reassuring lie. Yeah. And I thought that was a perfect. Of how I felt, the world is at the moment. The amount of people that will defend a reassuring lie than to listen to someone who's trying to tell them the inconvenient truth. Where we're at in the world, isn't yeah. it, at the moment?
1: Yeah, that's why I do what I do, you know, to try and give another perspective.
0: I'm pleased to do because I know there are people out there that want to um, hear conversations like this. And um, quite a few times I've had people when I've talked about this, they've said to me, oh, oh, I'm so glad I found you. Somebody else is thinking like I'm thinking. So there's a lot of people out there that are questioning, thinking that ain't right. <laughs> that can't be right. That's not You know, sense to me. But they look around and everybody else is going along with it. And yeah. they're thinking, you know, I have one friend said, I've been awake, you know, awake at night just saying to my husband, like, um, none of this is making sense, doesn't it? Why is anybody questioning that? And why on the news aren't they asking this question? I, even I can see it, you know, the fact that, like, yeah. oh, flu figures have, have gone down to zero. Yeah. Do you think they're testing for flu as well as COVID at the moment? I just want to be able to ask that question without being shot down in flames, because everyone says, you can't say that, there's people dying. You know, yeah. you're not allowed to challenge the narrative. Have some yeah. respect, you know.
1: And, yeah. Yeah,
0: of course, nobody wants anybody to die, and my love goes out to everybody, as I'm sure my friends have the same feeling. So that nobody wants anyone in hardship or hurt or pain or suffering. But I think it's apart
1: from those that run the world.
0: Yeah, but it happens all around the world, doesn't it? But my, my, yeah. my question is, you know, well, the point is is that she said, I have all these feelings and questions and there's no one there. And then I said, Well, that's how you know, that's how I, I talk. and she was so relieved to find a like minded person, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but people are suppressed. There's a lot of people out there question it, but they just don't you know, when they speak up, they're sort of told they're sort of shot back down in flames again and they're sort of frightened to speak again, I think. You know, yeah. speak up a question in the narrative
1: yeah a few points there first of all the more people that speak the more people will speak
0: absolutely yeah
1: and um you know the again going back to the woke fake left they dominate the microphones and the cameras so yeah it seems like there's a certain narrative and that's what everybody thinks so i better not say anything because but it's those on the street those you know who you would see normally in the pub yeah. or whatever who have a different viewpoint but they don't get access to the microphones and the cameras. So people no, know don't. that people think like that. Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing about the, um, the COVID narrative not making sense, to an extent, they want people to see that the, the rules are contradictory and don't make sense. Because if yeah. they can get people to see they don't make sense, but still, yeah. follow, but still follow them, then yeah. they've created a compliant population. Because if they'll do things that don't make sense, they'll do anything yeah so they I want, mean, them, yeah, want to talk about making sense
0: there's going to be people listening to this that'll have strong opinions and especially when we talk about covid and we've, you know as almost a precursor dan, dan won't be so you know have the same opinion but i wouldn't want to offend or hurt anyone you say what well, you, you know you're allowed to speak and free speak but if somebody has died of any illness i wouldn't literally want to go waded in with two you know two boots and sort of kick them you know for for the sake of it but there are questions that need to be answered and we have had right from the start they said to us that masks were no use whatsoever and then they u-turned on that and that we, we got all this information saying oh you can't wear a mask it makes no dogs makes no odds makes no odds all of a sudden now everybody's masked we're masked in shops and now the children have got to be masked and everything else now is it because the masks don't work i mean do work now or is it just making us submissive and compliant and it's just basically saying, look, how, look at what we can get these people to do now?
1: Well, a bit of both, really. First of all, um, it's interesting that they say now that flu cases have gone down because people are following the rules uh, imposed because of COVID-19, when at the same time COVID-19 cases are rising.
0: It doesn't make sense. There's no common sense to that, is there? No. I mean, again, I look at it and I think to myself, that's fine. But, you know, then I got a question are you sure those tests are working right? Are you sure they're not just triggering off for anyone who's got flu or a cold and we're all just counting them as COVID now? You know, I mean, that was that's what the common sense mind would ask now, wouldn't it? Yeah. But but no, you know, they get told, oh, no, you know, the test tests for COVID and flu's gone down and mass work and you just go, okay, then, okay. Well, no, it doesn't. It's not okay, is it? Because it's not common sense. None of yeah. it balances up. And there's a load of us screaming at the step going, well, that didn't make sense. Only last week you told us this and this week you told us that. I mean they turned yeah. around and as a mother, they turn around and said schools are safe. So they sent the children back. And then uh, Boris was saying, Well not we're gonna have kids masks and everything else is safe. And the next thing we know, we're being told now that the children are the uh, are the ones that are spreading it. So, you know, yeah. and you know, so so
1: when, when previously when pre- previously, they told his children were no threat at all. Exactly. The, virus. Yeah.
0: In fact, the children have to go back having the swab tests, and they have to go back wearing masks. And we were told those children were safe. Now, why have my child, if it was a deadly, if it is, if it, if it was, let's go down the path of the narrative that this is a deadly, deadly illness. Right. And they said children didn't catch it. And now now they're saying they could. Why the hell did they put my child back into school? If it was that much of a risk, you
1: know? yeah.
0: yeah. You know, they not Nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. You go back to the beginning. We were all terrified. Well, I wasn't necessarily terrified, but I, I'm talking as a as a nation. Seeing the pictures of um China, all these people just dropping dead on the street, and we even had pictures of the lorries going down the streets um spraying sanitizer just over everything, and um and people walking around like zombies, like they've become, yeah, like they've become zombies. And it looked terrifying. You thought, what on earth is happening to that country? <laughs> you know, yes. it's worse than the Spanish flu. They've come over here. I've not seen anyone. I mean, you know, again, you know, there they, you know, they, they are people I know that will tell me that they had relatives who died of COVID 19. And I don't want to hurt them in this conversation. But equally, you know, this, this was not the Spanish flu. People, you know, the Spanish flu, people were like getting up in the morning and apparently sort of dropping dead come evening, right? Yeah. You know. And, this is this hasn't happened you know and in china we had photographs of people just dropping dead in the street well that didn't happen here so what was that was that real was that yeah. or was that all made up was that exactly. just propaganda yes. to scare us
1: yeah i mean where else has that happened nowhere
0: no it hasn't has it no so you know we, right at the start i questioned i thought well you know i'm not seeing what what they were telling us was coming over from 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 china and then, you know, I mean, the thing is, it's a really sad thing if somebody catches the flu and they get ill and then they die of it. That's really just sad. That's okay. a really sad thing to happen. Right. But there's a, mm. that's just as sad as if someone believes that their, their relative has died of Covid and died of Covid. There's someone, so any relative dying is, 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 is just terribly, terribly sad. But we have had situations where people have been run over by a bus and been put down as Covid. And I'm crying out saying, whoa, on a minute, we're not getting these figures right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Not allowed to speak up and question that because it's like um, disrespectful to those people that, have, you know, have have passed on. Yeah. No, it's not respectful. I have every respect for those people, you know, um, you know, and I wouldn't wish ill on anybody. But if someone's getting recorded down as COVID death, they've been run over by a bus. That is wrong. I don't care what you say. That is four, not five. That is yeah. wrong, you know yeah and why, are we, why are we not adjusting these figures why you know if we're putting billions and billions of pounds towards sort of a, um, a so-called pandemic why, why have we got such poor record keeping why have we got such poor information why have we got so many u-turns contracts for buddies as well yeah. that needs to be challenged I don't I, I really do think there should be an open space where you take a side and mean everybody agrees all the way around in this conversation that nobody would wish death on anybody, nobody would want anyone hurt, nobody would want anyone ill. Right, okay, we all respect and understand that we wouldn't want, you know, anyone to feel that way. Equally, now let's just take emotion aside and discuss, you know, where we've gone with this, where the money's been wasted, what we did wrong, you know, without saying, you can't say that, you're offending someone. No, you need to question it. We need to absolutely question Mm. everything that's happened here because so many things you know, really are being brushed under the carpet and they shouldn't be. We, you know, people have voted these people in to, to protect us. Have they protected us? Have
1: no. they? No, my no. have so. um, The thing about the flu is, um, just to kind of, in case people haven't worked it out, of course, you can't expect the media to work it out. They're still reporting that it's because of people following COVID rules, even though cases are rising. Redesignation of flu was COVID-19. Yes. That's what it is. Simple as that. And in terms of people dying and the, the testing figures, if you te- and it actually says this on the news in the small print if you look at it, um, if you test positive and then die of anything else within 28 days, then they put you down as a COVID death. So you can and be they, run over but they by didn't die of COVID
0: though, did they? This, this is so wrong. So what happens when an elderly person has a vaccine and they die two days later? Does that get put down then? No matter what they die of, does that get put down as vaccine damage and a death? Or does it just get put down with old age at that point?
1: Well, you know, this is the thing, isn't it? People die of underlying causes.
0: When it super- and, and then are put down
1: as COVID nineteen. But mm. then they die with underlying causes after having the vaccine and it was underlying causes that was yeah. the cause of death.
0: Yeah. So so we're not we're not on a level playing field here, are we? Because you know, we need to they needed to have recorded those people that died predominantly of covid only and i don't think that was ever achieved I, I personally don't think that was ever achieved and like you say i mean on the first thing you were saying that it hasn't been isolated and purified
1: yeah on these, yeah um, if a, yeah if a virus is not isolated then everything else that follows it is flawed because So really—it's it's, it's based on the assumption that it has been isolated
0: yeah and it hasn't, but it's almost like you can't backtrack and question that anymore. It's like I said, oh, we've moved on from that. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're facing the, the vaccine now, you know, and all that. And you're thinking, no, no, hang on a second. A good building needs good foundation stones and you, you, your foundations are wobbly before we start yeah. the rest of it. So, yeah. you know... It, it makes a sham of every other part of the narrative if you can't get the foundations right.
1: Shall I mention this? I don't know. But I'm thinking of time. I'll I'd, I'd mention it briefly because it actually relates to the vaccine. Yeah. What they call isolation, actually, I'll start with what isolation is. You take a sample from, a let's say, a blood sample or a phlegm sample or something or snot, and you filter it with a filter yeah. which has holes in the filter that are too small for... Things like bacteria and other microbes but virus particles can get through yeah and um, you then take that filtered material and you put it through a, a centrifuge and it basically should leave you i've gone into this in more detail in the first part but it should leave you with more or less only the viral particles and then you can then extract them and look at them on their own and you can slice them open and take out the genetic material the rna in this case yeah. And you've then isolated it because you only de- you know that what you're lo- dealing with is only the virus. That's all you've got. You've yeah. got no other material from the body, no other sources of genetic material. What they call isolation, and I've read and I've actually got a, a document with all the links. Um, I've read, I think, 39 scientific papers, including all the main ones that claim to have found and identified this virus. None of them have. What they call isolation is they take a, a body sample, like I just said, yeah. and put it into a container, like a, like a petri dish or something, and mm-hmm. they inoculate um, that onto cells. Like you can just buy cells that, to work with in a laboratory. Usually monkey cells, called virum cells, and yeah. they instead of just leaving it at that, just leaving what they claim contains them, they don't isolate out the virus by the way before inoculating into the container they just take the body sample and put that into the container they don't know there's a virus in there but instead of just leaving it with the virus material in the cells they uh-huh. use things like antibiotics which are toxic to cells yeah they use things like fetal bovine serum which is the blood from a baby cow they starve from the cells they give uh-huh. them what they call minimum essential medium which is um basically just enough nutrition to survive but no more and then as a result of this toxic starvation the cells start to break down and Uh, decay and then they say that was caused by the virus and they uh, call that isolation
0: not the same though is it
1: no it's not what happens when cells break down is they release little particles and vesicles and then what they do is they take images of these little tiny particles and vesicles under an electron microscope and they claim those are images of the virus they don't know it is they don't know what what they've inoculated the cells in the first place yeah and then they take this material in the cell culture and they put that into a vaccine with adjuvants like aluminium and mercury and um, other material and, and polyethylene glycol, which is being used with this um, COVID vaccine, and that's a vaccine. That's how they make them.
0: Do you call it a vaccine or gene therapy?
1: Well, this new one is is is, is different. This is a gene therapy. Yeah, this is designed to change the genetics mm. of the of the body. And um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, an mRNA vaccine. even the way vaccines are normally created, as I just said, if, if you don't isolate the virus, everything that follows is is uh, wobbly foundations, as you said. Mm. It, what, what, you've, got what,
0: time, you've got a lot of time for Andrew Kaufman, haven't you? You, you Andrew, like his
1: Andrew
0: Kaufman, yeah.
1: Andrew Kaufman, yeah, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, yeah. He, yeah, he's
0: he's taught a lot, and you know he's he's very very knowledgeable in this area, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Um, and just because you we did mention the test, so I'll just briefly go into it. The the way that they claim to find the genome of the virus the genetic material is they take a body sample again and they take bits of genetic material in this case RNA, because we're told this is an rna virus yeah take bits of rna yeah. they take bits of rna and they enter that information into a computer program now it's not a whole genome extracted from an isolated virus it, with the methodology i just described it's um yeah. It's just bits of RNA. They don't know where that RNA comes from.
0: No.
1: Just taking it from a body sample, and in our bodies we have lots sort of sources of genetic material. We have debris from dead and dying cells. We have exosomes. We have fungi. We have bacterial cells and um, cells from microbes. Uh, so lots of sources of genetic material. Mm-hmm. So they'll take like two, three thousand bits of genetic of a whole genome when we're told the genome for this virus is like 30,000 um, bits of RNA and oh. what so to fill in the gaps what they do is they enter the details of what they have taken from the body sample into the computer program and the computer program will then fill in the blanks Oh. In different, in different experiments it comes to a different conclusion
0: oh that's not good then is it
1: And then um, they basically decide which of the random randomly generated computer genome sequences is the real one. And the test test, test is testing for different parts of this computer generated sequence. And when you get a different sequence, you can call that a variant. Um, There you go then. That's where
0: your variant is.
1: that's yeah, what testing. people are testing positive for computer generated sequence so when you use the um the blast database because they, they published what they say is the genome of this virus the blast database has been called by the new york times the google the biological research you've got um things like burke's peerage which is there for genealogical research and family trees and that's like the the genealogical bible well yeah. the blast database is basically that for uh, genetics, and uh, it's a project of the National Institutes of Health in America, and, uh, but it's a global. When you enter in different parts of this computer-generated sequence, which they claim is the genome of the virus, into this database, it comes up as matching 100% human genetic sequences and microbes, yeah. including bacteria, Nat- naturally present in the body.
0: No.
1: Not viruses. No. So it's all the testing means nothing. They're all false positives. Every single positive is a false positive with this test. And that's but not.
0: Even- a- out there saying that, but they're all being silenced because you know. Initially, I mean, you know, when I try and just dis- describe this to somebody, they will say, "Oh, well, you know, you know, it's it's too much to believe that." Um, you know, if it, if it is wrong, there's a lot of people going along with it because they're all going along with it. It has to be true. And I'm saying, but there is a lot of people not going along with it, but they're being silent. Yeah. Oh, no, I, ne- I never hear about them. Well, see, that's the whole point. You don't hear about them, which means you're not listening to their point of view and you're believing what you're being told.
1: Yeah.
0: We're back to censoring again, aren't we? Because you've got all these different doctors, organizations that are trying to speak up and say these things. Yeah. Um, and
1: they're being silenced yeah and uh you know the people what often happens is and I, I I realized this a long time ago in relation to other subjects but um one of the things you get with years of experience is not only knowledge but observation mm. you get you, you 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 notice things that you wouldn't necessarily notice if you're new to all this um, yeah. um, and one of the things is people are happy to call someone a scientist and an expert if they're speaking in line with the official narrative if they're yeah. a scientist or a doctor or whoever who's questioning the narrative either they're not actually a doctor or yeah. they don't know what they're talking about yeah
0: i've
1: now, seen if, that if, if if that same expert that they say is a quack doctor whoever or whatever was on the news saying what they said they would believe them
0: yeah I mean, no. oh it's sad times really isn't it it really is sad times it's yes. very worrying it's, it's very worrying because i've seen some people you know that um are very very uh highly qualified who can't get their voice heard and it yes. just doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense there's a lot of people well, out there
1: they are being heard there by a lot of people not yeah. by the mainstream but
0: not enough, uh, the, at the information
1: moment. is getting out there.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, you, you, you yeah, look at...
0: Optimism.
1: Yeah, you look at, you know, you go back to, like, the 1990s, the 2000s, and compare it with now, how many people are aware of what's going on?
0: Absolutely.
1: Dreamland, it's dreamland compared to then. Yeah,
0: that's true. You know... That's so very, you're always so optimistic. You've always said that you've always felt that... Um, in time, the truth will come out, and I admire you for that, you know, and that confidence that it will eventually.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm wasting my time otherwise, aren't I?
0: <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I live in hope, but I mean, I don't want to live in hope. I want to live in positivity that is absolutely going to happen. But there is there is a part of me that, that thinks, oh my goodness, they've absolutely got every area of this controlled. It's concerning it's concerning. Populism is on the list next. Do you want to have a little talk about populism?
1: Populism, yeah. Well, populism is basically, if you take the American example, you've got the fake left, um, who I mentioned just now, the uh, Democratic Party, and they um, are pushing for different areas of this agenda while not realising that's what they're doing. Yeah. and then you've got the Republicans who are, to a large extent, pushing back against all that, who don't want the censorship. They don't want COVID fascism. They don't want woke tyranny. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that that would come under the heading of populism. So it's, yeah. basically, it's basically populism in, in a way you could see as um, pushing back against a woke agenda. That's kind okay. of a simple way to look at it.
0: Yeah. Te- technocracy.
1: Technocracy well, that's that, that's that's where we're being taken yeah technocracy where um billionaires and um philanthropists so called and um e- technical experts have more control than government. I mean we're seeing that how in a, how many really politicians don't. know what goes on in Silicon Valley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. i
0: I tell you where an absolutely brilliant example of that is is where they've got more power than the government um, is when Trump was uh, taken down off of Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Now, if he was ruling that country, leading that country, he should not have been taken down from social media, should he? But they just they silenced him.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, brilliant example. Yeah. I mean, don't get me
0: wrong. I, I I I'm indifferent at times, you know, about anything political, but. That ain't right is it?
1: No, um, but because that... they
0: make a decision that's outside of any any political, you know, sort of um, boundaries or, or any rules or regulations of how we all conduct ourselves in it, you know, in a in a democracy. I guess you know yeah. they have the power above that, don't they, to say, well, we will just silence our, our president because he's not speaking in the way we want to hear, so we'll silence him. Yeah, is that right or wrong? Because they have no, you know, they. It, you know, they have no um governing body to that, surely. They just do what they want.
1: They, are I mean, create, they you... were created by the military intelligence networks. And I explain yeah. that in the book. And so um that level of the hierarchy is above the president.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's like they say about Bill Gates again. They say, I'm saying, you know, I mean, I, I didn't vote him in. I didn't put him in, and yet I read on the paper the on November the 9th, they said Boris had talks with Bill Gates. What's he talking to Bill Gates? for? he's not he's not recognised as a leader to us, is he? So why are we talking with him? Do you know what I mean? Why is he telling us? You know, you over in England, you, you know, we are hearing Bill Gates says, "Oh, this pandemic will go on until da 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 da." da. You know, well, I don't know where he's come from. <laughs> I thought he was a computer guy. You know, he's not got he's not even qualified as a doctor, is he?
1: No, well he's not but he's somehow become a global health expert and he's become a, a expert oh. one an expert on vaccines and an expert on gm food and an expert on education and an expert on um various other it? aspects of the agenda
0: yeah so that again proves proves that people in the techie world the technology are taking over and have more power than our governments because they he he just he just rough rides over all of it didn't he
1: yeah he he funds whatever he wants to fund and and becomes an expert in doing so, apparently.
0: he's bought over. Is, is that right? He's bought a load of um, farmland in America now. He's got the most farmland. Is that
1: right? Yeah, that's what I've read. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... Yeah.
0: And, and,
1: and that's all part of the agenda. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they, they want people in the cities as part of the smart cities uh, agenda. They want people off the land. And yeah. various ways they've gone about that. But this is one of them. It's you to know, own it. Right, the farmland, and then kick people off it.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's like a it's a big game of Monopoly, and we're near the end. And Bill Gates seems to have Palm, what is it, Park Lane, and <laughs> the yeah, other
1: yeah, one. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm trying to think of what the other one was, but when we've got those higher properties, they always win, and the rest of us all end up with nothing. And that's what it seems like. Mayfair, isn't it, Park Lane, and
1: Mayfair? Yeah. Well, I I talk in the book about what I call the Hunger Games society. It's not my phrase; that's a phrase that I'm borrowed, but basically yeah. structured through by which you have the elite in mega mega luxury i mean even more than they are now basically if you're not part of this elite less than one percent they want your money too simple as that they want everyone in the world in absolute poverty and in between you would have a a robotic. you talked about this in the last uh, uh part uh, a robotic law enforcement um, and there was a great episode of Black Mirror, which you mentioned just now, Black Mirror, called Metalhead. Watch that to get an idea of, of what I mean when I say that. they want. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why they want a disarmed population. They, now, you know, I don't want a gun. I don't have any interest in guns. I wish guns didn't exist, but they do. And if you've got a militarized police force with state-of-the-art weaponry, Pitted against a population with nothing, yeah. and obviously that's going to create 99 times out of a hundred that's going to create acquiescence,
0: yeah. Because
1: why? Because why wouldn't it? And that's the idea, you know. These
0: um. You said about a militarized, what was it, a robotic police force? I think, well, you know, it stretches my brain, and I think, oh, that can't happen surely. And then I think to myself, hang on a minute, I've seen videos of um these robots now that can walk like humans jump like humans yeah
1: they freak me out I'll be honest with you
0: yeah they do freak me out and I was thinking like when you said it my rational brain says oh Dan you've gone too far you know like I can't I can't take that in you know and yet no I've seen videos of these robots that are almost human already you know I've seen them Mm. they have made them you know and they've got these um, AI people that look so human now that so they can interact in a conversation with you, and it's not yeah. even stunted. They literally, you could ask them any question, and they would answer it. And you just say, "Oh my God, <laughs> where are we going with this? Maybe Dan is right with with this prediction, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, okay. I um I talk also in the book in relation to this about the the fact that in some of these shoot, shooting events, where people do die, you know, and that's tragic, but um I Talk about the fact that at least some of these events are—they're usually done by what would be called as a lone nutter, because the definition of a conspiracy is two or more people engaging in a secret act. Yeah. So if it's one person, if you can keep it to one person, then that negates any possibility of a conspiracy. Um, but the um, mind control of some of these people, these stooges that are used, to take the blame when other people were behind it ultimately. Uh, and I talk about how mind control is the individual mind control. I mean, we get collective mind control through the media, through education, through the narrative, the work narrative, yeah. and all of this. But uh, I'm talking about individual mind control, and I talk in the book about how that's done and how even celebrities and people you see on television have been mind controlled. And yeah. why? Why, why would that? To... Why would that happen unless there was an agenda? Well, exactly. Why, why would you do it? You know, and this. The CIA admitted in the 70s to something known as MKUltra and uh, they say that they stopped it. Well, either they're lying outright, which is always a possibility, or they did stop it, but they do under another name now. Um, But MKUltra was the most um, the most um, well-known example. And I quote in the book uh, a lady called Kathy O'Brien, who was part of the mind control, uh, going several decades back now um yeah. and um she has um a daughter called kelly and she released, she published a book called transformation of america which actually started out with the court testimony it was originally right. a court but she was made into a book and uh she was rescued from my control by um a guy called Mark Phillips, who was working in that field and has become well known as he's no longer with us now, but he became an expert basically in in mind control to an extent and he rescued her. but this is what she says about what happened to Kelly, who was also taken into um mind control first of all, by the way, she said she's come out and said recently that her daughter, Kelly, was made to wear a mask from the age of two. Because it restricted oxygen, which made it ease which affected her brain, which made it easier to control her. Yeah. Um, but but also this is what she says in Transformation of America about what George Bush did to her daughter. Because some of these uh, famous, rich and famous people we see are involved in this. Yeah. This is what she says in the book. Kelly became violently physically ill after her induction into George Bush's neighborhood. That's what he called it. And from every sexual and from every sexual encounter she had with him thereafter, she ran 104 to 106 degree temperatures, vomited and endured immobilizing headaches for an average of three days, as is consistent with high voltage trauma. These were the okay. only telltale evidence aside from the scarring burns left on her skin. Kelly forbade me to call a doctor. Uh, oh, sorry, someone Houston forbade me to call a doctor, and Kelly forbade me to comfort her pitifully complaining that her head hurt too bad even to move, and she didn't move for hours on end. Kelly often complained of severe kidney pain, and her rectum usually bled for a day or two after Bush sexually abused her. My own mind-controlled victimisation rendered me unable to help or protect her. Seeing my child in such horrible condition drove my own wedge of insanity deeper, perpetuating my total inability to affect her knees until I was rescued by Mark Phillips in 1988. Kelly's bleeding rectum was one of the physical indicators of George Bush's pedophile perversions. I have overheard him speak blatantly of his sexual abuse of her on many occasions. He used this and threats to her life to pull my strings and control me. The psychological ramifications of being raped by a pedophile president are mind shattering enough, but reportedly Bush further reinforced his traumas. And this is what, this is a standard in mind control. This is what children all over the world get including. Yeah including uh, child celebrities. Um, Reportedly, Bush further reinforced his traumas to Kelly's mind with sophisticated electronic and drug mind-control devices. Electro-shock, in other words. Bush also instilled the who you're going to call, and I'll be watching you, binds on Kelly, further reinforcing her sense of helplessness the systematic tortures and traumas i endured as a child now seem trite in comparison to the brutal physical and psychological devastation that george bush inflicted upon my daughter so okay. you know these are uh, the kind of people who do this and then say um things like we need to do this or that to protect you now i'm not i'm mm. I'm, I'm not saying boris or anyone that can in- go government now is, is doing that what i'm saying is the higher you go the darker it gets and um some of these um shoot em up events that are used to demonize um gun ownership and to justify more authoritarian control they're committed by mind-controlled stooges yeah and um i mean you look you look at the images of some of these people on the news you see them they look spaced out when you see them you mm. see that there's some of these shooters because they are they have been mind controlled yeah. to shoot up and then take the blame for it
0: yeah it's I you
1: and i don't doubt you yeah and i'd I, like i said i go into detail about mind control in the book
0: well i've I started reading the book and it's a great read just to remind people listening uh dan's book is daniel ford and uh the book is called pay-per-view in print and um you can buy it where there's links on your um website and uh social Paper, media page
1: right yeah, yeah pay per uk. uh the, the, everything is on twitter uh at i am daniel ford so okay, that's okay. the handle and, and everything to do with the book and and pay-per-view and everything else is on there so so yeah. dan
0: does dan does um podcasts and he basically puts the newspaper headlines into context, don't you?
1: Yeah. Well, the book is based on the podcast, basically, but with a heck of a lot of extra information.
0: Absolutely. So, should we move on now? We're going to move. Do you want to talk about? We've got a couple of titles here we could talk about. We could either cover Brexit or we'll go on to the environment. What would you like to talk
1: um, about? Let's go on the environment.
0: Right. So, with Brexit is covered in the book. So, we can you yeah. buy the book to your Dan's opinions on Brexit. Um, And we've got environment, human caused climate change, wildfires and fracking. Go for it.
1: Well, they're all part of the same agenda. Um, The wildfires and the fracking are part of getting people off the land. Um, I I think we mentioned fracking last time. Um, So I'll I'll go on to wildfires. Um, Wildfires, um, there's great evidence and I'm not saying it was definitive. I don't know. I've not seen enough evidence to suggest, but it would seem that they were were um, achieved by directing energy weapons which have been around for a long time.
0: No, I've seen a lot of them. Um, I've seen it again you don't I don't have to go far on the um internet to sort of type in direct um, energy weapons and especially over in California there's some I, I don't know if the word fantastic is the right word to use, but there's some very clear um Videos of like laser lights coming out of the sky down into the forest and fires starting from them.
1: Yeah, um, and, and trees yeah. intact.
0: Yeah, and what what was really interesting were those fires. And so was it called Paradise? Was the was a town or the city yeah, called Paradise? Paradise?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, what was so fascinating about that one is that all the um, like the houses burnt down. And yet the trees around it were perfectly unscathed. And I couldn't understand that at all. Yeah. That seemed quite odd.
1: Yeah. And uh, the only way you could do that really is with energy weapons. Because a regular yeah. fire would destroy trees. Of course it would. It would destroy everything. It yes. blazes the in the
0: Yeah. The cars were melted. <clears throat> metal metal was just, you know, just completely melted. And yet right alongside was a tree. And it was just green and just fine. It wasn't ah, burned. Yeah 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 I don't I, I mean I can't I could make head no tell of it but there was um acres and acres of uh, area where you had green and then you had all these um just ashes of houses completely burnt down and it made yeah. no sense and also, so that it jumped I mean you had like a, a supermarket completely burnt out with green all the way around it for for a, a considerable space and then the fire starts a bit further down. Well, the fire has to move across something to get there, you know. And uh, it, it, there was no way it could have jumped or bounced, you know. And there was no burnt, scathing areas to sort of show the connection.
1: And but they're like I said, you want to get if you want to get people off the land, yeah. then you destroy the land. You,
0: well, they did a good job over there,
1: about. and that's what um, they were about. But in terms of climate change, I absolutely demolish climate change in the book as anyone who reads it will see um i'll just share a few kind of little bits from it but utterly demolish it um including by the way what actually causes climate change and where the co2 comes from and how that relates to warming how that relates to the warming and how does one affect the other which may not make sense hearing it now when you read the book you'll see what i mean it's actually uh very different to what they tell us anyway basically what happens is the sun has sunspot cycles and Mm -hmm. these are explosions of energy powered out some of them are even you know as big as planets some of these sunspot explosions and they reach the earth eventually as solar radiation when they when the sunspot cycle is at a a high period basically the temperature goes up and I show in the book correlations between with graphs and with data um, correlations between the sunspot cycle in a high period and high temperature and low periods and low temperature. What they do is when they talk about um, record temperatures, if they'll say, uh, you know, in the little ice age, there was uh, a drop in in temperatures caused by. CO2 in the Medieval Warm Period. Mm. Uh, was, um, there was there uh, was an increase in they say an increase in carbon emissions was called higher temperatures. But so they're comparing the temperatures of the Little Ice Age with the Medieval Warm Period and and since and they say oh look it's getting hotter. Well it would look like it's getting hotter. There was something called the Maunder Minimum, which is also known as the prolonged sunspot minimum, which is mm-hmm. the name used for the period around 1645 to 1715 during which sunspots were exceedingly rare. And solar, people who looked at, you know, solar observers made note of that. Yeah. And it just it just so happens, by the way, just going back to what I was saying about the medieval warm period, in the little ice age, there was an obviously you would expect a decrease in solar radiation. In the medieval warm period, there was an increase in solar radiation. And, but oh. during the Maunder Minimum, from 1645 to 1715, where, uh, Sunspots became exceedingly rare. It became incredibly cold. I mean, the, the correlation between sunspot activity and um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Earth temperature is incredible. And one of the ways they scam um, the data, and this is this is come out by the way that this happens, even in the mainstream, is with computer models.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what did they use to justify lockdown in Britain? back in March 2020, computer models. Ferguson's computer model. Yeah, Neil Ferguson. Crap in, crap out. That's how computers work. If you put rubbish into a computer, you get rubbish out. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And Neil Ferguson, by the way, has modelled climate change computer models in the past. Mm. His record of computer modelling is atrocious, but if he gives you the right result to justify what you want, You'll yeah. keep using him as an advisor.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he, he was um, he advised on the swine flu as well, didn't he? I believe.
1: Yes, We got that terribly wrong as well.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, can I can I add just while I mentioned the swine flu yeah. about the vaccines on the swine flu is that they yeah. um, they stopped them eventually because um, a lot of the NHS, not a lot, as an exaggeration, but uh, you know, a considerable number of people on the NHS ended up with narcolepsy a few la- years later. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: um, really, I, I, life debilitating injuries.
1: Yeah, I remember at the time of the swine flu, um, what they called an epidemic, um, that find the, uncovering the fact that the patents for the vaccines were applied for before the outbreak. Oh, uh, there you
0: go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, just uh I'll just give a a couple more fun after. Temperatures rose rapidly during the first part of the 20th century. Global average temperature, even after the war, when obviously industrialization increased and therefore carbon emissions increased, temperatures fell massively and remained low until 1970, after which they began to climb rapidly again. So, yeah. CO2, so temperatures dropped, even though, was massive, even though there was massive industrialization. So what yeah. is driving temperature? And other planets in the solar system have warmed up. Um, and I quote a few examples in the book. Um, what's the common denominator between these other planets and the sun?
0: Yeah, maybe the sun.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, <if> can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. So well, this is really interesting to read. And I hope people buy your book to you know, hear your theories um let's move on now we've got childhood now that, this is important to me because i've got two children and i you know i worry for their future regularly and this this chapter is not going to help my uh easings of sleep but let's go through it we've got social media progressive mindset vaccines, social services breaking up the family unit yeah. technology changing the brain and removing true true childhood go for it tell me what you want to tell me on Bridget, this one
1: Bridget, just a point on um climate change just what i think of it um right i left that chapter till well there's actually a couple of appendixes as well but officially the end of the book because i did that purposely because yeah. so many things that i taught and i i, I kind of li- list them as well but ev- so many yeah. things i've talked about in the book up to that point are justified by the claim of human caused climate change okay including agenda 21 and agenda 2030 which is all part of the hunger games uh, smart cities agenda and yeah. it justifies um this technology agenda which i talked about in the first part so human caused climate change was before covid19 came along the biggest hopes in human history wow. um, it got usurped by covid19 but at the time i wrote the book it was um it was the biggest hoax and it's being used to justify an equally massive transformation of human society. And that's why I've utterly destroyed it in the book. Uh, any uh, to see.
0: Do you know what? I would really like people actually to buy your book who believe in climate change and to read your opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I know that you're somebody who would actually quite actively have a conversation with someone who truly believes in climate change. Um, you know, and, and because you, you, you do have these conversations where you never fall out with anyone over it. You just like you factually just give them all the data. And I would love somebody who truly believes in climate change to challenge you on that. And, and I would love to be a fly on the wall watching that conversation. To be yeah. honest. Yeah.
1: I, know. Well, I mean, I, I, I you know, you, you're always um, moving on and finding out more information. So there's, you know, if I was writing the book now, there's there's even more information I would add to the the climate change demolition. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, but yeah. you, know,
0: you, need people, to, you need to do, you need to do your next interview because uh, you do interviews yourself. Because I'm interviewing you today, but yeah, yeah. you do your own interviews. Is to pick somebody who who is actively believing in climate change because yeah, yeah. that would be a fantastic conversation to, to hear your two views and you know for you to sort of you know air it out and 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 see which one sounds the most plausible because you know you've you've made a very educated and well-read claim there
1: and uh, you know it, but people it, you mentioned this earlier you know people don't want to hear anything outside their own echo chamber you know and, and again going back to social it's media inconvenient. Means social yeah. media is an echo chamber it's not and anything yeah. that challenges any narrative is censored anyway
0: yeah
1: like i said it's and, the inconvenient truth people don't want to hear do they no so childhood let's yeah. go on to that now um i yeah. I do. highly. I've said this elsewhere. I do highly recommend the book to parents because I cover in the book every area of the way that children are affected by society and by this agenda today. Every single every single area that this agenda affects children is in there, including the social media, including mental health, including all of it.
0: I know and I've read I've read this because of course being a parent that's and it's uh, it's not a good read I'm afraid but it but it's one that a parent needs to read because um makes you aware and um you know being aware means that you can make decisions and actions to not acquiesce with everything that's been put upon you know, these dear children.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about um where do you want to start with that? Uh
0: well, what would you like to talk about? Where do you think well you've got social media? Should we start with social media? Because yeah. the kids are always on social media.
1: Social media. Yeah. Um, The um, I talk in the book about the effect on um, mental health of social media Um, and, you know, the best piece of advice. I wonder if I can find. Here we go. This is um, a quote from this is what I was looking for. Susan Greenfield. She's an author and a researcher, professor of synaptic pharmacology, which is to do with the brain at Lincoln College, Oxford and director of the Royal Institution, addressed the House of Lords in 2009 and said that children's experiences on social networking sites are devoid of cohesive narrative and long-term significance. As a consequence, the mid-21st century mind might almost be infantilized, characterised by short attention spans, sensationalism, inability to empathise and a shaky sense of identity, and she said, mm. it is hard to see how living this way on a daily basis will not result in brains or rather minds different from those of previous generations.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, it's the I technology.
0: That
1: well, scientists used to believe that the brain you were born with was basically the brain you were stuck with. But mm. they now know differently something brain something called brain plasticity means the brain can change in relation to information received and experience Mm. so the brain is always changing and by covering the book that in relation to technology you know one thing i say in the book is don't let this is kind of to kids or parents don't let social media define you define yourself you know people see an image on instagram they see um you know they think oh they look so happy and or whatever they look so perfect but what they don't realize is <laughs> people they're choosing what parts of their life to show you you don't see their whole
0: life yeah
1: and you don't realize that some photos are photoshop some photos are yeah you have filters on and yeah. you know and anyone that has to show others apparently how good their life is is insecure because if they if they were confident they wouldn't feel the need to show anyone because they don't care what anyone else would think anyway no
0: exactly it's true uh,
1: kids are kids
0: it's are true adults. relate that to adults too mind yeah, on you
1: know, on social yeah, media yeah adults as well <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but we're, we're presented with idealized images and pressure to live up to unrealistic expectations and because of that kids suffer because they think yeah. they what they see on the screen so you know i, yeah. I I've, got, I've got this phrase which i've said in, yeah. i've got this phrase which i've said in the book everybody's living somebody's life while nobody's living their own yeah
0: yeah it's a good point
1: and you know don't let what you see on a screen define you define yourself and then it won't matter what you see mm. on the screen um but
0: it's real i mean it, it, even with and it's not just children i mean with adults as well i had a friend who came off of social media and i said why is that and she said it got me down she said because i kept putting it on and watching how people were going on holidays and going to florida or going to here and doing this yeah, and having yeah. the best car or the best that and she said it made me she said it made me look at myself and thought i thought i was a failure not well,
1: good if an adult, yeah. if an adult
0: yeah. saying that to me imagine how a child's gonna feel if they you know constantly yeah. look at things that are way beyond their reach it's not realistic is it
1: no there is uh there was a documentary I saw on this, I can't remember. Um let me see if I can find it here. It was uh, about social media. I thought it was brilliant most think, I don't
0: know if we're thinking of the same one, but I'm trying to think of one as well. It was on recently, it was on Netflix and um
1: It's called Plugged In, oh, the one I'm thinking nice. of. Plugged in. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, you can find it on iconic. Um okay. yeah, social media is so- um go on
0: I was just moving on to the next thing because it was talking about a progressive mindset because you've got about confusing children and transgender and drag queens and everything else now I mean when I was a child you see the pantomime and there was always the dame and everything else and we used to laugh at the dame because she was a colourful character and always funny and everything else but um it's really moved into the classroom now and it's not really like you know dame trot or whatever it is on on a pantomime as such these are people that Believe that they're women, and you know, men, and you know, that should be women, and and then they're coming in and telling stories to children. That's slightly different to taking your child to the pantomime, isn't it?
1: I was just going to say, um, you know, before we get into that, you know, I'm, I'm lucky, really, because um, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I grew up next door to my best friend at the time, and um, we would go out and play football. I mean, you know, not just now and then, not just you know, a little kick around, but um. Now and then, but like virtually every day. I mean, we, we must have done it yeah. thousands of times, if not tens of thousands. I mean, yeah, from the, from the, possible, at, but yeah, yeah at, at the time, not just football, but what many other things as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the time, we thought you know, well, that's good because even, even then, there were kids who stayed in and just went on technology and video games, you know. But when I look back at that now, I think it's incredible because. Um,
0: I love your charters. I used to go and walk off uh, with my friends, and we used to go down to a village out of the town that I was brought up in, and it was down by the river. And I think I was walking across fields, and we'd just go off on adventures and climb trees, and you know, go off for miles across these fields. And even I remember once we got caught in a tree because the cows went around the tree. We were sat in a tree and all the cows, we were too frightened to come down because of the cows. And I'm thinking, children just don't do these things anymore. No. I, mean, I, I know it's not, but I remember that as a memory. And it was yeah. fine. We didn't have any harm or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but I never had any mobile phone. You know, I was, yeah. I don't know, 13 maybe, 12, 13, I suppose, going off for miles across these fields and there was no concern for anyone attacking me or uh you know you know because you're always worried now with your children aren't you Everyone, everybody's worried you can't do that there's you know someone's going to abduct them or something you know and our childhood has changed so much you know and I look back and I think to myself I got into trouble what would you have done my friend would have just had to run back home five miles and tell yeah, dad, yeah. yeah tell yeah. me dad she's she's broken her leg or something you know in this field, miles away from anywhere and that's how we Used to play, but I had I have such wonderful joyful memories of these adventures. And we used to take little fishing nets into the river and wade the river, and you know, yeah and things like that. And I, you know, and now our children that still do that don't get me wrong, but the majority of children are now hooked up to their gadgets and their Xboxes and their Playstations and fortnite or roblox or whatever they play you know yeah and they um, talk, talk to their friends instead of going out and talking to their friends not in a pandemic now but generally through their headsets and you know catching up yeah. with their mates just through their headsets playing in a virtual reality somewhere
1: very, very I, different. Um, yeah i um you know parents are scared to let their kids play out as well
0: well, that's that's down to um, society the because
1: yep. they've left the us medium. in fear.
0: That the big yeah. bad boogeyman's man's going to get the most precious thing we've got if we don't keep our child under our wings at all times. You know, what yeah. I mean, my children. I got to be honest, my children aren't aren't explorers. It's not through me saying no, you can't go anywhere. It's just that they they're brought up in a generation where they'd much rather be on their Xbox, and you know, I have concerns about that. But you have to find a balance between. Them fitting in with their mates and it being a, a healthy activity if it is at all, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, um, and it's very really difficult
0: uh, as a parent to way through that one.
1: I, I I was lucky because I had like three four play areas to play like literally directly opposite my house in front of where I was, and, mm. and of course my as I said my best mate lived next door to me, so we would go out him and me and him and a few other people and up the road we had a park and then down the road there was another park so you know we could either yeah. be right in front of our house or we could walk for miles yeah. which we often did so we were kind of spoilt for choice really but um yeah. but um kids yes yeah, you know
0: i've just, just booked a holiday hoping that we're allowed out come august for a week um in a place where there's sand dunes and a beach and uh, my children's face when I said to them there was no wi-fi it was like what no wi-fi (laughs) I said yeah we're gonna have a week we're gonna have a week running across the sand dunes with the dogs and we're gonna go surfing and we're gonna go bodyboarding and we're gonna have a wonderful time and they're right for it they're embracing it but I tell you what it's you know for children today to go with a week without Wi-fi that's something I can tell you you know, so uh yeah. you know um I said we'll bring some of that swing ball away, you know that thing where you yeah, 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 and we'll bring some board games they look at me, mom mum, what are you doing to us
1: you
0: know yeah. I, don't, I don't think see what a week of turning off the internet is a problem, you know,
1: no so.
0: Family bonding time, and yeah. let's just do, try and make memories. And I thought, well, we'll try and get barbecue and yeah. in the dunes or something. You know, when,
1: we'll when it's, when isn't that a thing? I mean, you, ha- you know, uh, looking back and just remember being on the phone is not much of a memory, is it? No. You know,
0: well, I'm in like, that week, if we're allowed out from the pandemic, like I say, we can go. And there's loads of adventurous walks. There's old forts where we're going. You know, I'm just thinking, well, surely we'll get some joy. We've got the dogs with us; they can be charging around as well. But it's an experiment. <laughs> experiment the family. I'll let you know if it works or whether they were absolutely disgusted. They didn't have Wi-Fi for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah. Know.
1: Um But I, I so. really do. I really do believe. Um, and in fact, there was a, there was a Black Mirror episode that kind of showed this i think it was black mirror where uh, i'm not, not going to find the name of the episode um okay. people want to search they like um that looked at what happens if you shelter a child too much and what the end result was was that yeah. the and ended up going astray when maybe they wouldn't have if you'd let them be kind of free to start yeah. with because yeah. maybe they get in with the wrong crowd or they want to try to be rebellious because they never have had the chance to be and that's when it can go wrong so i believe yeah. that it's important i mean look at um michael jackson look at what happened to him he yeah. never had a childhood and he always wanted one and we all know what happened you know with yeah. and all that stuff if you don't give a kid a childhood they will try to find it later in life i think
0: yeah i think you could be right i think you could well be right so um
1: that's let's <laughs>
0: Do you want to talk any more
1: about the drag queens and transgender or would you like to move on to vaccines Yeah, right? um, yeah. transgender, we talked about vaccines last time I think, I and mean, we I, I mean, have actually a bit now. Transgender, um, you know, I have no problem with people being whatever gender they like, just don't try to impose it on me or anyone else, you know, that's my okay. feeling. You've got to target the young because they're going to be the adults in the time when you want you, the elite, want this agenda to be in place. So that's why Mm -hmm. they're targeting young more than anyone else. Um, Transgender and drag queens is all part of, well, in terms of the drag queens, that's why it's happening. Transgender is part of a much bigger agenda than most people realize. Um, They want an end to the family unit. And we're seeing, and you know, from, you know, being involved with uh, uh school and uh being a parent you know the way that they state and the school is taking control away from parents even yeah. down to what kids have in their lunch boxes
0: yeah they do um, and that, that um, bothers me as a parent considerably because if you are a responsible parent i find it quite damning and in, um insulting that they have to uh, micromanage every part of your parenting
1: yeah um but they, it's all about moving towards the end of the family unit because they want in the end and i I show information about this in the book they want and you know synthetic biology is where this is going they want humans to be created not naturally through procreation but in a laboratory yeah and they want um a synth and synthetic biology uh the field uh of synthetic biology in science is massively advancing um And that's why they want to create this synthetic form, and they want because if you want total control, then you you, if you can create humans from scratch, then what you call humans, synthetic biological, part synthetic, part biological. And um, isn't it interesting that when this vaccine came out, this COVID-19 vaccine, they said it has an unknown effect on fertility. They do,
0: do they? And yet, it amazes me that some of these young girls are taking this vaccine and there's just they haven't even read the paperwork because it clearly says on the paperwork there's no data on fertility yet why would you yeah. do that if you're yeah. family
1: what yeah and um there's other ways there's other ways that um they're moving toward that fertility is being impacted i cover in the book examples of, of, of that as well um,
0: yeah
1: they are moving towards breaking up the family and of course you know talk about that talk about the pandemic family members even if it's you know extended family or uh, elderly relatives or whatever being kept apart that's yeah, another yeah. example of this mm-hmm. you know physically keeping apart family members and i also i also cover um the state uh, social services stealing children and you know people see if you have um experienced I, that yeah i do you know it's happening yeah,
0: i do i do yeah i was going to yeah. say to you the other thing that i um realize and I, I i wish I could pull the word out of what it was because there's a uh a name for it, and I, forgive me, I've forgotten but um my my child needed a vaccine at the age of thirteen. I want to say Garrett compensate competency or something, but I'm not sure if I'm right there, but it was an h p v vaccine Now I looked into that um and I realized that the the a boy can have the h p v vaccine up to the age of twenty one but he has to take three and not two but um it's to literally um apparently stop them from having cancer in you know certain areas um so i'm led to believe and um i i wasn't comfortable with it because i've seen quite a few um programs where people are getting some reaction to this vaccine yeah. so i decided that um i would explain to my son did he want this vaccine? Well, it's straight away. No, mum, well, no, no. Because it's a needle in it. Does he not interest anyway? Yeah. But I said, no, let me try and explain to you. This is what they say it will do for you. But you can have it to the age of 21. What I would like to do is say no at this point, because it, was, it was, if, if they're sexually active, well, you know, he might be. But I think leave it till he's 18. And as an adult, let him decide what he wants to put in him. You know, yeah, yeah. because I can, because he can still take it at 18. Yeah. and he can still rectify the situation if he wants to he's an adult I respect his an he got his own choices but as a parent I wasn't comfortable yeah. um, giving him this vaccine well yeah. my point was is there is something called and I, I want to say Garrett competency but I'm not 100% sure look it up but from the age of 13 the school now if I as a parent don't put in writing and say no From the age of 13, there is some rule in place now where they can go to the child and ask the child, do you want this vaccine? And if the child at the age of 13 says yes, they they will give give it to the child and bypass the parent. Um, And I don't think at the age of 13, my son has any clue whatsoever, really, what this vaccine does, what the consequences could potentially be, what the benefits could be. How long he's got to make that decision, which is way up into his 20s if he wanted it, um, or anything like that. And I felt really annoyed to think that the school could potentially vaccinate any child from the age of 13 and bypass the parent if I didn't get actively involved and say, no, you're not to touch my son with this vaccine. Now, this happened to a friend of mine's grandson. He rang up in a panic from the school saying, mum, mum, they want to vaccinate me. She said, what for? And it was the same vaccine. And she said, But you didn't feel the form in, mum. So they've asked me, Do I want it? Do I want it, mum? Should I have it? Yeah. And you see what I'm saying? They're putting these kids yeah. in the corner. But what are these? They could be saying to the kids, Do you want cancer? Do you not want cancer? We well, you yeah. have this. Well, otherwise, you'll get cancer. And that's, that's the simplistic level that you'd have to talk to a 13 year old for them to either say yes or no to it. You've really got to say, vaccine stops you getting cancer all right then i'll have it you know that's where we're at at the age of 13 my son has no no um deeper knowledge into what it does how it protects them everything else and i felt really annoyed that they if i am not on the ball every single thing they ask me about if i'm not on the ball they are slowly but surely taking over more control over over my children. And I'm sure other people listening to this may have their own stories to tell. Like you say, letters in the thing saying, you know, you've got to put this in the pat lunch, that in the pat lunch. But there's so many other examples of the control yeah. they have now over yeah. over I feel very frustrated um, you know, by by the lack of lack of um input I have as a parent into my own children's future sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know it, it's all part of this. You know, as, as I say in the book, right throughout the book, um, and I say it all the time in the podcast. Society is agenda-driven, not people-driven. It's not about what's best for people. It's about what's best for the agenda. Everything yeah. is the agenda. Once you understand that everything is not 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 every last little thing, but in terms of the major direction of society, it's the agenda. Yeah. Then everything becomes clear, and that's the point of the podcast in the book yeah um i'm I'm not
0: always convinced i mean that what i I, you know i sometimes say well maybe the school is making this decision or that decision over a group of people which is best what they think is the fastest route or the best route to just get order or organization but the amount of times i look at situations and think the way you've just made a decision hasn't helped my family hasn't helped my children you know, um, yeah. you are driven you're driven by government and what their guidelines are and everything yeah. else. That's, that,
1: that's that's a good way to understand what's going on is to ask who benefits who benefits yeah. me yeah. believing this narrative. I
0: know. But you, you find most parents will won't challenge a headmaster. You'll find that yeah. I find that myself. You know, I will often ask the questions. I I think I was born as a person that just asked questions. And yeah. if I'm asked to do something, I'll say well, I don't see the logic in that. Why would I be doing that? You yeah. know? And as we go, Oh, I can't believe you've challenged him. I don't believe you've yeah. said anything. <laughs> no, they're yeah. mortified they? that we, you know, that you can challenge the headmaster. Well, he needs to be accountable as well. You know, he's looking after my children. And yeah. um I I'd like to understand where the decisions are and how they've been made. Okay, Dan. Well I think we've run out of time for this um section and we've still got a little bit more to do, so maybe we can catch up just to finish yep. the last few pieces off at a later time if that's all right with yep. you. I'd all right. To, it, was lovely lovely
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. it was lovely chatting
0: to you. Yeah. It's lovely chatting to you again and I'll yep. look forward to part three, okay?
1: Yep. Take Very care, Dan. Thank you. Bye. Bye.